afternoon, one o'clock, 5th of May, 2017, Sing VR Google Hangout. So, welcome everybody. Remember, Singavio's Google Hangouts are CPD accredited, so anybody watching can contact us and get a CPD certificate after the event and go towards your hours, whether you're a lawyer or a, or a surveyor or even a dentist. And um, so, guys, let's just say, let's just introduce everyone here. It's me, Neil Singer, and here is Dal Henry. And here is Richard Walford. Afternoon, everybody. Afternoon, Richard. And here's me. Uh, and what we, let's talk about some news. To, let's get some news going, guys. The first news I'd like to talk about from, oh, we're doing a new thing. We're doing a new thing, everybody, which um, if you go to, I just want to share my screen with you, if I may. I want to show you something. Here, this is um, if if you come to any of our Google Hangouts going forward, you'll be able to see on the Singavio website, you'll be able to see a, a, on a for each Google Hangout a link announcing you can either watch live or you can actually join in. So if you are if you've got a, a Gmail account and you're logged into your Google um, Chrome, just click on link to be a participant and you'll pop up and you can join us live and join. The debate say you are and let's see who's going to be the first person to come online and join in so we're all very excited so don't be shy come on down now the news of the week right first news i would like to talk about is standard life oh look i have standard life merger an aberdeen merger as you can see there so what do you guys think about it not to put you on the spot or anything. You just have. Why don't you talk about it? Yeah, that's me. Sorry, I muted me. Are you muted? Okay, so when I, you can hear me, everyone? Okay. I lost, I'm a bit out of practice. So when I started in the investment agency game 15, 20 years ago, if you wanted to be an investment agent, you just phoned up all the institutions and there was your client list and you could find a building that legal and general were selling and you could offer it to Scottish Widows and then you could offer it to, and or if they didn't want to buy it, you could buy, offer it to Hill Samuel, etc. And all of a sudden you were an investment agent. And as time went by, the various institutions started to merge and they became bigger and bigger and bigger and they became fewer and fewer institutional clients. The merger of Aberdeen and Standard Life is the largest I can remember. And if you think who Aberdeen are, Aberdeen would have been Scottish Widows, Hill Samuel, Lloyds, Barclays. You've now got Standard Life, um, which is again equally as large. So you've got two organisations becoming enorm enormous organisations come together, which means that the agency role of trading between institutions is once again enormously diminished by the merger of these institutions. And I think that is going to have a profound impact on the market. So that's that's my first thing. 
next topic, the next thing I thought was interesting, let's go for the next thing to talk about, house price growth. House price growth slows as consumer prepare for cash squeeze. Well, I think this is all to do with Brexit myself. Uh, any views? Dale? Hello. Okay, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, can you hear me? Yes. No. Yes. We're very sick today. <laughs> right. Go back to your. Go back to the screen. The article. House price growth slows as consumer prepare for cash squeeze. Well, I think this is all to do with Brexit. I can't see anything. No, it's not work. I agree with you, Neil. I think that I think that I think that the residential market will slow down as nervousness about the impact of Brexit uh, materializes, uh, and I think ultimately this will filter through to the commercial market to a certain extent as well. However, in the commercial market, which is business, people can't generally stand still and do nothing. So there will remain a good level of, of activity. We're seeing it at the moment still, although it is a thinner market, perhaps uh, with buyers and sellers. However, there is still activity. And although the market is very yield driven, if you've got the stock, you can sell it. Okay, excellent. Next thing I want to talk about, Cluttons. What happened to Cluttons this week? Am I like, can you hear, am I, is my microphone on? I think we've got problems with the Google, I think we've got problems with Google today. Is my, can you hear me guys? Yeah. Through the microphone? I think the Google software is not working very well. Anyway, so Cluttons, Cluttons went bust this week. And uh, I think that, um, is that simply, Clutters was a traditional agency which has been around for years and years and years. Quite, it's quite surprised really they went into a CBA. Um, so I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't close enough to it, but I think that's indicative of what's happening in the world. So that's not great. So that's my news of the week, guys. Anything that you guys want to add? Anything, anything interesting? Is there, is there any stars of the week, Richard? Any stars of the week? What do you mean? Any politicians that uh, have been in the news or sports people? Uh, any politicians that have been in the news this week? Uh, I, can't, I can't imagine what you're referring to. Okay, it, can't, it, can't, it can't have anything to do with a radio interview, could it? Yes, I was thinking more than maths myself. Maths, Dale, use your star of the week. Yeah, yeah. My, my, yeah, my star of the week. Um, yeah. Let me think. Let me think. No. I'll come back to you. Let me have a think. I'll come back to you later on. Let's talk. I need, uh, you need to mute your microphone. <laughs> well, you just asked me a question. Okay, guys, right, let's, I went to PropTech this week. Let's talk about PropTech. I went to the PropTech conference this week, um, which is the biggest show of, 
of the year talking about property technology because of, obviously we embrace it a lot at Singivial. So I thought I'd give you guys my feedback. Um, I thought it was terrible, actually. I thought that the um, compares did a fantastic job. I thought the location was terrible. It was the basement of uh, Victoria House in Bloomsbury. I couldn't find my way around. It was very confusing, very hot. And it was a terrible stage area. And for a, for a conference that was meant to be techie, it looked like it was something out of the 70s. So I thought the actual venue was terrible. I thought the compares did a very good job with very poor quality speakers. Um, the way I don't know, I don't know why it's so much worse than last year. Last year, there were very interesting topic, topics discussed by very interesting people who got their points across. This year, it seemed to be all about self-promotion. I mean, I don't want to mention any companies by a particular name, but VTS stood up for half an hour and just talked about, they did a sales pitch to the room. I, I couldn't see, I didn't need to go to a, a conference as a delegate to listen to a sales pitch about VTS. I can read up, I, look, I know where they are, I know their website. I'm not saying it wasn't a good sales pitch, but that isn't the point of a PropTech conference. The point of a PropTech conference is about trying to educate your delegates, tell them what's coming and to get some discussions going. And I think that what they failed to do this year at the PropTech conference was actually achieve that. What they did instead, in fact, if there's anybody who's watching who was actually at the, at the uh, PropTech conference, I'd love for you to either come on and, and uh, give me your view or send us a message and we can talk about it. But actually, I found the whole event really quite poor. The, the highlight for me was I'm going to show was a, um, a fantastic talk though by a guy called Eric Ubels, and he is the guy responsible for what's known as the Edge in Amsterdam. And he built this. Uh, he he project managed the build of what is the most sustainable building in the world. And his presentation was actually tremendous. And uh, if he's watching, which I'm sure he is. Uh, congratulations. I thought that was an excellent um, talk. The worst, the worst comment of the day, let me talk about the worst comment of the day. There was a debate held to discuss the future of a state agency and how, um, and what, what, whether online was online and offline and et cetera, et cetera. So in this, in this uh, most esteemed panel, there was a chap called Matt Robinson, the creator of Nested. I'll show you what Nested is in a moment. There was um, a lady who was the tech director of, um, I'm not going to say which firm because I don't want to get myself in trouble, but a, 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 a relatively large chain. And there were a couple of other people. The question was asked to the panel, what new technology have you used in the last year to help your business as an agent? So here I am in the audience thinking, oh, this could be interesting. This could be interesting. What, what, what new technology can... And the answer was live chat. Live chat. I mean, we've been using live chat at Singivio for five years. And this is something I go to a conference for to be told of new coming technology. And they talk about something as old hat as live chat. I, I nearly fell off my chair. So um, that, was the, that was, but the thing that actually I thought was completely wrong and actually showed the lack of preparation for the conference was this. One of the questions posed to this most esteemed panel related to Purple Bricks. Now, anybody who watches our Google Hangouts will know that I'm a big fan of, of Purple Bricks. Purple Bricks 
share price goes up and up and up. And yesterday, they announced an 83% increase in their instruction base. So understandably, the question was posed to this panel of most esteemed agents, what do you think? And one by one, they actually knocked Purple Bricks. Um, except for one chap, I can't remember his name, one chap who's got a traditional agency, he actually said, look, good luck to them. He says, I, he says, I'm not too bothered by them, but good luck to them. But everyone else knocked them for six. But Matt Robinson of Nested specifically knocked them. And he, he, he said that they were basically buying the market because they had more money. And they were basically uh, a race to the bottom in terms of fees. And it basically was the Ryanair of the state agency world. Well, my view is what would you rather own? Would you rather own Ryanair or British Airways? Which is gonna, which pays you more profit? So I think that whilst people may be scared of purple bricks, to actually knock them so aggressively in a public arena is very wrong because they're, they're worth 300 million pounds now. Their share price has tripled since they launched. And this, was, this company was being severely knocked by a relatively young man who went to a tech conference as a speaker wearing a pair of jeans, which is what everyone does in tech conferences, but wearing a hoodie and a t-shirt. I, I, I just think it showed a lack of respect for the audience who paid good money to go to the conference. And I think it showed a, a, a lack of respect to the organizers. So that's my, that's what I thought PropTech this year, which I think was a great shame because I think it's a great showpiece for the industry. But there were some very interesting people there. I just think they need to make sure their speakers are better quality next year. So that's my bit about PropTech. Guys, let's talk about the market. Who wants to talk about the market? Richard? Sure. What would you like to speak about specifically or just our uh, recent activity? We've done two deals in the past five days. Um, having brought these two properties to the market end of last week, we've exchanged on both of them this week. It's interesting. One is a small lockup shop in London with a term certain of five years, £27,500 a year of income. And the other is a retail leisure investment in South Shields in the northeast of England, um, which is just under a million pounds. It shows that the liquid end of the market is very active and there are private investors around who will move very quickly in order to uh, secure income return for themselves. We brought £30 million worth of sales to the market last week. We've brought another five or six million pounds to the market this week as well, with a further, uh, I think, six or seven million pounds next week. And these ranged from 400 uh, odd thousand pounds up to seven million pounds. It's without question, obviously, the smaller lot sizes move quicker in general. However, the larger lot sizes are also seeing good levels of interest. But obviously, as you can appreciate, with the larger lot sizes, there is more to think about, more to consider generally, and therefore, they don't gather momentum quite as quickly, but the market is, uh, is, is showing activity. There is no doubt about it. You've just got to uh, pitch it right, be conscious of what people want and the yields people are looking for. Uh, Richard, can I, I've got, I, I think it would be very helpful um, if you actually talked about some of the things we actually sold. Because I think, I think actually 
Let me show you. Let's find. Let's find. Because I think actually it will help people. So where is? You start. Talk about Twitter. Okay, so we sold a Tony and Guy hairdressing salon in Twickenham earlier this week, which is a ground floor lock-up shop within a, 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 a mixed-use building, was an office building converted to residential, Tony and Guy on one side and Costa on the other side. Tony and Guy have been trading from this unit for about 30-odd years. Uh, and they signed a new lease in February for 10 years of the five-year break. So it's your typical Tony and Guy hairdressing salon led to, led to Tony and Guy, but underlet to a franchise, paying £27,700 a year. We went to the market uh, last week. We exchanged on Tuesday, uh, so just after the bank holiday, and we had an extraordinarily high level of interest with one party in particular who tried to force our client's hand and in the end, there was competition. But they, to be fair to them, moved very quickly and got themselves in a position to exchange, uh, uh, having worked on it over the weekend, and were ready to exchange on Tuesday. And they made, an, they made, they made their offer, and our clients exchanged contracts with them. So it just goes to show that in order to, sorry, it, it just goes to show that if you provide parties with comprehensive information, with everything that they need at the outset, then you don't waste time going under offer, will they, won't they, and actually buyers ultimately just want to do deals. They're buying for a reason. At this level, they want to buy for income return, and the sooner they have that income, the better. So that's a good example. The other example is a, is a deal that Dale sold earlier this week, which is a retail and leisure investment up in South Shields for just under a million pounds, when, again, we sold it to a buyer that we'd never come across before, whose solicitor, I don't believe Dale, raised a single inquiry or even actually contacted the vendor solicitor, but they reviewed the legal package, cleared money laundering with us, made their offer to treat, and we exchanged. Simple, both clients absolutely delighted with the results and with the speed and the transparency of the process. And this is, uh, this is, this is, this is exactly the type of um, uh, experience that our clients get from us because they, 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 they appreciate the level of detail that we go into before going to the market. And actually, once we're in the market, we can capture people's interest, capitalize on it immediately, and get a deal done and move on to the, uh, to the benefit of us, of course, of the clients, of course, and of the buyers. Can, can, I, can I just mention that the, the, the other interesting thing on South Shields was that it was actually offered for sale, it was put into one of the national borough auctions uh, prior to us being instructed and um, for, what, for, for whatever reason didn't, didn't um, I, I don't believe they had any bids in the room at all. Um, so it, it's interesting that that not you know only, only a few months after we um, we managed to sell it within 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 three three days I think it was of of going to the market. Um, so perhaps just shows the the the, the sort of the, the difference uh, of approach between sort of the ballroom auction and and um, and sometimes private treaty is is uh, you know auctions not not always the um, the answer. And Dale, we've got a problem with um, muting. If guys, because you could make sure you mute. Um, 
the the I'm, I'm actually going to just come back to you on that. The as as people know who watch us, um, we use the click to purchase functionality when we're selling properties, so that people can exchange online by clicking a button and um, making an offer, and then we exchange the contract. And the bizarre thing yesterday at the PropTech conference is that nobody talked about executions online, and I do not understand it given. It's the next step. We've already done 200 million. So why people aren't talking about it is beyond me. Um, I'm gonna, I want to answer a question. We've had a question from Rob Simmons, who's asked, apart from Purple Bricks, are there any disruptive agencies around? Rob, two agencies you need to keep your eye on. How simple, how simple is a, um, again, a traditional, sorry, not traditional, a new, online estate agency. This is backed by Charles Dunstan or Sir Charles Dunstan. You've probably seen um, their adverts on the TV where a bloke walks along and uh, he says, that saved you 5,000 pounds, that's a new kitchen. And the other one to look at is Yopa. Um, Yopa is very well financed by some um, very well-known high, high net worth property people and Yopa is also making a bit of a splash. So there are other estate agencies around um, who are actually achieving uh, uh, their entry into the market and actually making a bit of a noise. The, the, the point about um, online estate agencies and the big point that they missed yesterday, this a panel at the, um, the PropTech conference is this, they're criticizing Purple Bricks, they're criticizing the other online agencies for not providing quality of service. They're relatively new businesses. I mean, Purple Bricks has been around, what, a year and a half? And they will learn and they will improve their service. Now, I think their price point is particularly low. I don't understand their model, um, and I don't pretend to, but it's a new business. And just because you've got a shop front in the high street, it doesn't mean that you can't offer a quality of service and it doesn't mean by being online, you can't do the same. There's no, you've, you're watching us on a Google Hangout. Do you really think that in no time at all, everybody would using, be using their phones with video phones, you'll be talking to your estate agent on your phone. You will have exactly the same experiences if you're standing in front of them. So I don't see any reason why the online agencies can't provide the same quality service as the high street agencies. I, 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 I question their price point, I mean, I just showed you a slide from Yopa. It says fixed fee seven hundred and eighty pounds. I I I'm I don't understand how they can uh, um, make a living, uh, uh, make a profit at the level. But what they're doing is they're playing off the fact that people think that estate agents get paid too much money. They get paid one and a half to two percent for listing something on Zoopla. Now that's I'm not saying that's what they do. That's what that's what many buyers and sellers believe they do as opposed to actually doing the agency role. So th these companies are playing, in my opinion, off that dissatisfaction with the agencies. Whereas actually, rather than saying, we've saved you 5,000 pounds, it's a new kitchen, what they should be doing is saying, we offer a fantastic service and it only costs you 1,000 pounds. So that's my bit. That's what I think. That's what I think. Do you, th Neil, do, you, do you think that the, the reason Purple Bricks, for example, were publicly criticised at this conference yesterday, which I think is inappropriate, personally. 
I don't think it's uh, uh, necessary to publicly criticize your competition or privately criticize your competition to other clients. If you feel you're better, say you're better, if you feel that the competition is, uh, is, is inferior, say they're inferior, but to, to publicly criticize other companies who actually are are being very successful and i'm sure plenty of people in that room yesterday would have loved to have had a business the strength of purple bricks is it is that is that born through dissatisfaction that there is that, that there are these companies trying to disrupt the lifeblood if you like of these companies who have been doing the same thing for decades and all of a sudden they're not having things all their own way think about that one what was interesting is that they have this thing at the prompt called slido where you can make um you can bid straight anywhere any time during the room you can make a um a vote on a question posed and a question posed by james darsley who was the compare was would you if you were selling your house would you use a traditional agent or an online agent and actually the room surprisingly in or maybe not surprisingly, inf were majority in favour of using a traditional agent. Now, I think that the, I think you're entirely right. I think that you shouldn't criticise your competition. You should actually congratulate them and it should actually inspire you to actually do better. I wish I could remember the name of the gentleman. I think his name was Eric Wood Woodward. If I, it was Eric something who was a traditional agent. And he made a very clever comment because what he said was this. He said, he said, I'm a traditional agent and I welcome the online agents because um, all I do is copy them. We've got a guest, Mike. Who's Mike? A uh, mystery guest, Mike, Mike Hammonds. Oh, he's gone, I've scared him off. Obviously clicked the wrong link, what a shame. Mike, come back. Anyway, so that's what I think about these agents. I think that this Eric guy was actually absolutely right. He said, you know, you learn from new businesses. There are people often say that the if you invent a, a new product, it's not necessarily the first company that invents it is the one that actually succeeds. It's not. It's it's more often not the second or third who copies it. So the high street agents are should copy. In fact, they already are. If you think about it, you've got Countrywide with their hybrid model. They're already copying the online agents. So I, I think that there's a bit of nervousness and i think there's probably a bit of jealousy um but really that's not that i i agree with you richard i think it's the wrong thing to do they should actually be congratulating them and embracing them and welcoming them to the fold i i don't understand why they're not them so much myself anything is that it good okay shall we carry on with sales shall we dale Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. Sure. Let me. Um, okay. Let me just kick off with with some of the sales we've brought to the market in the last few days this week. Um, the first one I want to talk about is a a prime city centre office building. Um, we've just bought the market in Sheffield, um, which is let to Erwin Mitchell LLP, who I'm sure most of you will will know. Um, 
Uh, it's about 40,500 square feet of this building. It's actually next door to Owen Mitchell's UK headquarters. Um, and they've been in occupation of this building since it was built in 2001. So committed and have actually just signed a, well, signed a new lease in September 2016, which is, expires in September 2023. Um, Owen Mitchell, highly secure covenant, £200 million turnover. Um, and in terms of location, this, this, is, this is located in uh, the Riverside Exchange development in the city centre where you've got other occupiers such as the Home Office, the Health and Safety Executive. There's also a very strong legal presence. Uh, you've got the Crown Court and the Magistrates Court literally just within a few hundred metres. Um, we're, we're asking just over £7 million, which is 7.35%, £174 a foot. On this, I particularly encourage anyone to, to have a look on the website and you'll see um, particularly the photo going in the video, just the quality of, 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 of the building location. Um, moving on, we've also just bought to the market a long let supermarket investment in Ivy Bridge in Devon, which is let for just over 11 years to the co-op group. Um, Pre-tax profits of over £80 million, so again, highly secure income. This forms the anchor store for the for, for the for the town's principal shopping centre, and the tenants spent about a million pounds on on the store uh, recently. So that shows how committed they are. Uh, we're asking two point eight four million, which is six and a quarter percent. We've also just bought to the market a London retail investment in Bromley Town Centre. Um, great location, stone's throw from the Intu Bromley Shopping Centre. You've got Costa, Cafe Rouge, Foxton's Ask, all surrounding this property. It's led to Jennings Racing, good covenant on a new 15-year lease with a tenant's break at the year 10. Uh, trades as Jennings Bet, who are, uh, I believe, are the UK's largest independent bookmakers. They've got about 100 locations throughout the UK. Um, we're asking 870,000, which is 6%. No VAT payable on this one. Um, yep. With regard to Jennings, yes, which is um, a perfect London investment for someone, 10 years, 870,000, 6% in Bromley. We sold a building in Bromley last year at 6%. We've just gone to the market, been in the market two days. This is my favourite sell at the moment, actually. I'm going to give you a bet, given that it's Jennings' bet. I will give you a bet that this is sold by next Friday. How much you want to bet, Dale? I, I, I'm not betting against that. Should. Why so long? Yes, <laughs> yes. Guys, can you see? We've had a question from um, Rob. Is it? No, sorry, from Gerardo about the Scottish market. The Scottish market is challenging. However, we have been very active in the Scottish, or we are very active, I should say, in the Scottish market. We've got various sales at the moment, uh, which we're dealing with in Scotland. We have put one under offer this week, which is a retail warehouse let to Halfords in Elgin for nine years. We were quoting £1.2 million, which is 8%, and we put it under offer 
this week in excess of the asking price for someone to, although it's not called exchange in Scotland, to exchange by the middle of next week. We've also brought to the market a very interesting mixed-use building in the centre of Glasgow in St Vincent Street, uh, the Martha's Cafe, which is a very well-known cafe in Glasgow, and the office building above, which is known as the Hat Rack, which is a multi-let office investment, as nearly showing you now. And there is very good interest in this as well. We've also got an Iceland food store in Scotland with 13 years term certain and with fixed fixed rental increases as well throughout the lease, which again, there is good interest in. So it, 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 would be, it would be wrong to say that the market is frenetic, but it's not frenetic in England or anywhere else at the moment. So it's would be wrong to say that it's frenetic in Scotland. However, like anything, if you've got the stock and you are pricing it correctly, then again, there are both Scottish and English investors out there buying and wanting to buy actively in the Scotland market. And we've sold some banks this year also in, uh, in places like Montrose, where the prices we've achieved have been excellent in, in the low 5%. Um, and there's been similar properties which also entered into the auction catalogues as well earlier this year. And in Scotland, we have done better than the traditional ballroom auctions. So, you know, Gorinda, don't be dissuaded from looking in Scotland because the market is active and there are interesting and good deals to pick up. Okay. Can, can, I, can I just, for Gorinda or anyone else that's looking in Scotland, just one other to mention, Richard, that we have just bought to the market is we. Uh, we, we've got a prime shop which we've just bought to the market in Aberdeen. Uh, I don't know, Neil, if you can show people quickly that one, which is on Union Street, right next to the Trinity Shopping Centre. Um, ground floor shop, let to EE Limited. They've been in occupation since 2001, and they've just signed a new lease, uh, uh, a new 10-year lease from from last year, um, at a rebase rent. Uh, Obviously, the, the covenant speaks for itself. I think they've got profits of over £400 million. And you'll see this, this is a prime position. We're asking 815000 which is which is 7%. So um, for a prime shop, you obviously, um, you know, it's, 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 there's not many prime shops you can buy a, to, to such a quality tenant at, at a yield of 7%. So I'd encourage anyone to have a look at that one as well. Okay, guys. Um, just had a comment from from Philip Eves, who says uh, typically he believes there's a one percent discount when selling in Scotland. I, I don't think that's right. I think um, on the Montrose. No, you need to mute. On on the on the on the on the Montrose property, we got five point three five point three percent, wasn't it, Richard? Five point three percent. Well, you're not getting 4.3% for a similar property in uh, England. In fact, when we sold the building in Montrose at 5.3%, which is 15 years um, to Lloyds Bank or Bank of Scotland, we, at the same, in the same week, we sold a building in Neath, um, which was at five and a quarter percent. And we, and we sold a building in Bradford at 5%. It doesn't make the buildings in Scotland 6%. So actually, I don't, there's a slight yield movement in Scotland, but it's slight. I don't think it's a point, not in, not not from what we're seeing. I don't know if any of you guys 
um, disagree with that. One other, one other quick question we had from Rob was, is there a prop tech incubator? Well, the one who makes a lot of noise and the one who's always on the stage whenever I go to a conference is PyLabs. And uh, PyLabs, um, what they seem to do is they seem to put, they put money into um, little startups in property and they obviously take a return on their money. Um, so they're making a name for themselves and there's actually a few around. There was an announcement recently of a, of a 200 million pound fund created where I think people like CBRE have invested to try and get into the prop tech sector and actually provide money. The, actual, the, the, the reality is it's very, very hard to raise money. Um, I'm actually going to get a friend of mine to come on maybe next week or the week after who has successfully just raised money, um, a decent amount of money for an existing tech business. The problem people often say is that when it comes to raising money, you're either too big or you're too small. If you're not, if you're not making sufficient revenues, investors aren't interested. But if you're making sufficient revenues, then you don't need their money. And sometimes they say, well, you're too small. Well, if you're too small, you need their money to get going. So it's very hard actually to find people who, who will actually back an idea. There's not, I don't think there's that much money be, being thrown in by these tech ventures. That's my experience anyway. Right, Dale, any more sales? Um, couple of others. We've got a restaurant investment in Southampton, which we're in the market with at the moment. We do have some interest, but it's it, it's available as we speak, uh, which is just over 11 years to Bella Italia. Um, right again, right in the in, in the in the city centre next to Debenhams. Um, tenants refurbish the unit, which shows how committed they are. And on that, we're asking eight hundred ten thousand, which is seven percent. Um, I don't know. Um, and we also have a uh, a retail store in Willenhall. Um, which is let to Poundland uh, on a new lease from March this year um, off a rebase rent. Poundland, again, a highly, highly secure income, uh, net assets of just under £100 million. Interestingly, this is, this is very close to Poundland's headquarters. Um, we do have interest in this, and we have called for an online click-to-purchase best offers um, on 11 o'clock on Thursday next week. So there is still plenty of time if anyone is interested. There's a full legal package available now online. So plenty of time to do your due diligence and come forward with a bid next Thursday if, if you wish. Um, I think that covers all the, the current sales. Okay. Guys, I think we've been going on for 39 minutes. I think that's probably enough. Rob Simmons, you have asked four questions today. Next time, come on board as a participant. All you have to do is to go to the Google Hangout page on singlevelsales.com. You press press the link, and you're in, and you can sell. You, you can you can become famous. The next couple of hangouts coming up, we've actually got some interesting guests. We've got a chap called um, uh, Lance Foreman, who is a very strong Brexiteer. So you can all um, ask him what he thinks about how he's ruined the property industry. And uh, you, we've also got um, Philip Nell of Hermes. He will be coming on shortly as well. So 
we've got some interesting guests coming up. If anybody wants to come on as a guest, like I say, please either email me or any of the team afterwards, um, or just join automatically as the mystery Michael did and then disappeared again. So that's us. Anything else, guys? Dale? Um, yes. I would just, you asked me at the beginning who my star of the week was. I said I'd think about it. My star of the week is Prince Philip. <laughs> I think he's done a very, very good job, dis despite all his gaffes over the years. 70 years, I think he deserves to put his feet up. Richard, who was yours? Is it is it D? T? Mrs. D. Mrs. Mrs. Diane. No. Uh, I, I, she she's certainly something of the week. I'm not sure it's a star. Okay. She's, yeah. It can only get better. It can only get better. Well, a good answer. Actually, I met John Lithgow. Did I ever tell you that? I met John Lithgow when he was here filming The Crown. Um, where there was a young Prince Philip in it. Did you see the crown? It was actually very good. Excellent. Excellent. Anyway, so guys, there's the Google Hangout. Lots to sell. Oh, for those of you who have stayed to the end, we can tell you about a sale being launched today. Um, a five million pound restaurant investment in Manchester called the Quadrangle. Very interesting property. A, a terrace of restaurants in a growth area of the city where there's a lot of development going on. Um, as you have stayed to the end, if you give us a call, we'll talk you through the details. All right, so thank you very much for joining us and have a good weekend.